Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So I, I'm really excited about this series. You know, words are an interesting thing uh, because God decided that it was his choice. He could have done these things in so many different ways, but he decided to create the unseen realm, the spirit realm, and this realm using words. Isn't that amazing? He used words. And the Bible says that the earth was void and without form. It was full of chaos. And with words, he turned it into a paradise. That's, to me, very impressive, right? And then he chose through words to literally bring us into his kingdom and cause us to become his children. And then he chose after that to grow us and mature us spiritually with words. That's pretty amazing, right? And then he said, if you put enough of my word in you, your words will become powerful and they will change all the people around you and they will impact your life and they will change your life. They'll actually become a weapon. And so words are amazing. And we'll have different lessons on all these beautiful things that the word of God can do. So if you were to ask me, man, what really makes you excited? And we have to say spiritually, because if, if you ask me naturally, I might say pasta, but we're talking spiritually here, right, guys? I like a good red sauce, right? But what, what makes me excited spiritually? I would say watching people accept Christ. That really makes me smile. Uh, they give their hearts to Christ. And then watching Christians grow. And I've had this incredible privilege because uh, we turned 39 years old this past August and we'll be 40 next August. And I have been able to watch people come into this church and after they met Christ, the people will come in and their world's falling apart. And I watch, I watch their world put back together. That really makes me smile uh, when God fixes lives, right? I've watched people come in here that were addicted, alcohol, chemicals, sin, and I watch God free them. That makes me smile. There's nothing, guys, except someone coming into the kingdom, accepting Christ, nothing more exciting than that, right? And I've watched God do miracles in each and every one of our lives. I've watched people walk in here poor and watch God bring them to a place of abundance just because they obeyed the word of God. I've watched people come in here depressed and oppressed, and I've watched them be set free. And all of that has to do with what we're going to talk about today, God's living word, but also how we learn to speak it over people and in our lives and what it can do and how powerful it is. Think about the 12 disciples. You know, one was destined to be a traitor, Judas, right? But then God replaced him with Paul. But just think about these guys. We only know what, um, what, what, what five of them, if we add Paul, six of them did. We don't know what the other ones did before they met Jesus. But four of them were professional fishermen. They were uneducated, but they were really good at going out and capturing fish and selling them. But once Jesus got a hold of them, he turned them into world changers, guys. And the Bible says that it was said of these disciples that everywhere they went, people would say, these are the guys that have turned the world upside down. Can you imagine God brought them from just unlearned fishermen to literally impacting the entire world? And think about how they changed the world, right? And then one of them was Matthew, he was a tax collector. And in Bible days, tax collectors were extortioners uh, and thieves. They just, they just took from people. So Rome oversaw Israel. They conquered Israel, and they oversaw it, and they wanted tribute. So Israel had to pay taxes. So businesses and individuals had to pay taxes to Rome. And 
they had Jewish tax collectors, and these guys would go around from business to business and house to house, and they'd have Roman soldiers with them. And they say, hey, Rome wants 10%, and I want another 10 And nobody could say no because these soldiers would throw them in jail. And so they'd take the extra 10%. They'd grease the palms of the soldiers, right? That's where the mafia all started. They'd grease their palms and say, hey, here's 2% for you. The rest is me. These guys were so wealthy. And so this crazy thief of a tax collector met Jesus, and he turned him into a guy that was pure and holy and wrote the book of Matthew, the the first gospel. Can you imagine? That's a change. The apostle Paul, he was a Pharisee, a religious Jewish leader. He hated Christians, and he was going all over Israel, and he would throw them in jail. He condoned to some of them being murdered, and then God got a hold of him. He accepted Christ, and God turned him into a world changer, and God used him to write nearly three quarters of the New Testament. Can you imagine that? And then Thomas, he was a doubter, right? But you know what? God so changed Thomas that he went to what we call modern-day India, and he evangelized that continent. He impacted and changed that continent. And I'm just amazed as I watch God use people, whether in the Bible or here. And no matter where you're at in life, God wants to change you. He wants to grow you. He wants to set you and I free. And he wants to bring us to a place of significance. It's where we can, we can literally impact the world that we live in. So I have a big idea for this lesson. It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. God's word changes our world. And it does. If we, can, if we can put it inside of us, it will change our world. What does that mean? Everything that has to do with us, as I just opened up, it will literally be changed. It will be turned around. Like many of you, I love to read. I really enjoy reading. And I don't just read Christian books. I read a lot of self-help books and all kinds of areas, right? I love to read nutritional books and learn about nutrition. And I read all kinds of books. Now, I don't read fiction. Some of you read fictions. I prefer my fictions be turned into a movie. And then then I watch them, right? So that's what I do with fictions. But some of you enjoy reading fictions too. Nothing wrong with that at all. And, And so here's what I noticed about all the books I've read. If they're not, you know, about the Bible, Um, they're good. We need to grow. We need our intellect to grow, but they cannot come close to doing what the Bible does. It's the most amazing book on planet earth, and it literally changes our world. So I want to read a couple of scriptures to you about the Bible. Here's John 6, 63, Jesus, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing, or guys, we can't change people ourselves. Our flesh uh, we, we can't change anything, but the Spirit can. But then he goes on and says, the words I have spoken to you. So that's all the words of Jesus in the gospel. But Jesus also, according to, to, to the Bible, wrote the whole scriptures. So this would be all the scriptures. He says, the words I have spoken to you, the Bible, they are full of spirit and life. And this is what makes the Bible so different. It's literally wrapped in the Holy Spirit and it's saturated with the life of God. So when I read a fiction, nothing wrong with that, or watch a movie, nothing wrong with that, or I I read a self-help book, that's all good stuff, guys, Uh, and, and it's helpful. But when you read the Bible, it is alive, and it's wrapped in the Holy Spirit, and it does amazing things in our life. I like how it's spoken of in Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12, for the word that God speaks, you know, and I have never heard God 
speak with these ears, you know? I, I've never been taken to heaven. I'm, I'm not so sure I want to. That might scare me, you know? Uh, once I got there, it'd be great, but it's not something I have to do. I'm going to follow Jesus anyway. But, um, uh, you know, I've never had Jesus sit down, have coffee with me, and tell me things that I hear with these ears. But every time we read the Bible, it's the same as if we are talking to Jesus. That's pretty amazing. And notice the words that God speak, that word is alive and full of power. And that's the Greek word dunamis, and it means explosive, creative power. So when we read the word of God, when we hear it taught, when somebody else reads it, it's alive and full of power. Now, the Amplified amplifies, listen to this, making it active operative, energizing, and effective. Man, it gets inside of us, and it is the most amazing thing. I love the next part of this. It is sharper than any two-edged swords. The Romans invented a new kind of sword. Before the Roman Empire, the swords were really long, and they were only sharp on one side. The Romans came along and said, let's make the the sword shorter, and let's make it sharp on both sides. And so they sharpened both sides, and that's what the Bible always in the New Testament is comparing a sword to, that double-edged sword. And it goes on and says, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, that's inside you. And it also goes on and says, uh, the immortal spirit, that's your spirit, man. And then just some more comparisons. And of the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. And here's what you want to walk out of this with. The word of God goes deep inside you. It's alive. It's wrapped with the very spirit of God. It has the life of God in you. And it's meant to penetrate our hearts. And right now, as I speak, I'm just, I, I know if you open up, you know, the parable of the sower says you can close your mind and you'll be hard ground and the word won't get in you. But if you open up and say, God, whatever I hear the scriptures, whatever I hear, God, I want you to give me understanding. It goes deep inside you. And then notice this, it's so exciting. It goes on to say, exposing and shifting and analyzing and judging the very th- thoughts and purposes of our heart. That's one of the things I love about reading through the Bible in a year, meditating on Scripture. God just messes with my business, right? Sometimes I don't like it at first, I have to be honest, but he messes with my business, right? He deals with me about what comes out of my mouth. And there's an area, if you want to pray for me, I haven't perfected this area yet. And I'm not sure God cares, but... um, uh, my generation, one of the things we do is we trash our sports teams, right? If our sports teams don't do good, we just trash them, right? And my kids just look at me and shake their head. They just go, what's wrong with you? I go, well, I love them, but I've got to say it like it is, baby. And then I just trash, I trash the coach, I trash the team, I can't believe. And they're going, are you really a fan? I go, I am, I love them. But they, they, they have to come up to a standard for me to really like them, right? Or for me to speak nice about them. And my kids just shake their head. So, but I don't know if God minds if I do that or not. I'm not sure. I definitely can dampen, dampen an atmosphere with it. So pray for me, right? Pray for me about that one. But how about all the other areas of our life that God just begins to change and he begins to show us this needs to change, that needs to change. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. So I was sitting down and I asked myself the question, preparing these notes, what does the word of God do? And I just came, I, heard, I just saw all these things and I wrote them down. I wish I was a great memorizer. Uh, I, I've taught this now the third time and then I taught it every day this week and I still didn't memorize what I'm about to read to you. So I'm not that great at it, but, but guys, I thought I'd write it down. Here it is. God's word births us, grows us, changes us, rescues us, equips us, heals us, comforts us, leads us, 
and inspires us. It is absolutely amazing. So that's why we're talking about the living word today, right? Give it up for the word of God. It's alive, right? And if you open your hearts up to it, it's an amazing thing. So I thought I'd share just four things it, it, God wants it to do inside you. I'm not going to share every one of these. But today's all about God's word so we can get it inside of us, so we can begin to release it out of our mouth and change our world, right? Because we want to change our world. So um, here's the first thing I want to deal with. It goes like this. God's word births us. It gives birth to us, guys. It's amazing. And it is so powerful. You know the part of the word of God that brings people to Christ? It's called the gospel. And the gospel is just a part of the Bible that talks about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's how God chose for people to come into the kingdom. He said, you're not saved by works, but it's through the grace of God. It comes to you by faith. And faith comes when you hear the word of God. So if you hear the gospel, faith can come into your heart. And we're not always ready right away. It took uh, over a year for God to prepare me to accept Jesus. And, and then the last three months, Lou talked to me. But guys, we just keep sharing it because it is so powerful. Listen to this, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of this good news. We know what it is now about Christ. It is the power, that's dunamis again. It's the explosive creative power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. And Gentiles in the Bible are just everybody that's not Jewish. So I want to say hi to some of our Jewish friends. I see you guys in restaurants. You come up to me and say you love the show. We love you. We're excited about what God's doing in your life. And guys, it brings salvation. So I just got to thinking about this, and I thought of an example that is one of the most impressive one-on-one -on -one examples in my life. And you know how we can't see the wind but we can see its impact. So yesterday was such a beautiful day, wasn't it? And uh, I was watching football, trash talking a team or two. And uh, so as I'm watching, I had the windows open and I'm watching the trees just, man, it was windy. I'm watching them sway. It was amazing. That air came in the house. And, you know, I, I don't know what the wind looks like. I can't see it, but I can see its work. And guys, we can't see the gospel. We can't see it go into someone's heart but we can see its results, and its results are amazing. So back in Bible school, I was street witnessing, and uh, it's just a Friday night, and I went out with a bunch of uh, people. We met at the church, prayed an hour, and then we went out on the streets. We're in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. You had different types of people. You had couples that went down there to restaurants, and then they're coming in and out of the restaurants. You had guys and girls that were drinking in bars, and they were coming out, and then you had street people. And we would just look for people and go up and start a conversation and share Christ with them. And so, you know, we were all singles. I was, I was, I led the young adult ministry. And I just, what I learned when I was single is I need something to do or I'll get in trouble. So I just said, guys, let's go out on Friday nights and share Christ with people. So that's what we did. And a, a friend in my, um, of mine, we were together and we wandered where we never wandered. And we came upon a biker's bar and, and, uh, these were not bikers like those of us in the church that have a bike and we go riding, you know. These were a bike gang bar. I don't know if they were the Hells Angels. I don't know who they were, but they were tatted, you know, and they were big, tough guys. There were some of them leaning on the outside wall. Some were on a bike over here. And then one guy was all by himself. The music was blasting out of the door. And I told my buddy, I said, let's go talk to that guy right there. And he said, are you sure? And I said, no. I said, we, we may be beat up tonight. This guy could 
kick both of our dupas, right? So it, this may not go well. But I said, let's do it for Jesus. So we walked up, and I'm as clean cut as I am now. I don't have any tattoos, not because I'm against them. I still don't know what they should be. I don't know what to write on myself. So I'm still indecisive. So, uh, but, but guys, I go up to the guy, and I can see his defenses are up, and he's wondering who are these two clean cut young guys. I was probably 23 at the time. And, and so I said, hey, can I talk to you? And he's like, give me a look. I said, I just want to talk to you about Jesus. And you could tell at that point he didn't feel threatened. And then I just began to share the gospel, and I wrapped it up. I said, let me tell you what he did for me. And I told him a little bit of my testimony. I said, but then there was a day when I heard about Jesus, and God raised him from the dead. He died for the sins of the whole world, and I accepted him. He changed my life, and, and I'm going on and on. And I was afraid to do the closer. Uh, that's when you say, would you like to pray with me? Because uh, I thought he might tell me to get lost. And so I talked a little long, but finally, I just, I, I manned up and I said, hey, would you like to pray with me? And, and guys, it was the most amazing thing. First of all, as I spoke to him, I couldn't see the word of God go in him, but I saw the impact like the wind and his eyes teared up. And you could tell it was getting inside of him and the story of what God did in my life and what he did for the world. And he's tearing up. And so finally, when I said, would you like to pray with me? He said, yes. And I was shocked. I was like, whoa, this thing's powerful. But I I could tell it was going in. Couldn't see it, but I saw the results. And then right there outside with his buddies over here, some hanging on the wall, music, screaming, he prayed with me and he accepted Christ. And then I just found out where he lived. I told him some churches he could go to. But guys, I share that just to say how powerful this message is. And this is what you can share with your friends. That's why at the end of every service, I do altar calls. And listen to what First Peter says about the word of God. First Peter 1.22, now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if your lives depended on it. And that's, that's a message in itself. But listen to verse 23. Your new life is not like your old life. That's our first birth. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. And yes, the Message Bible put that in there, right? But it's a good comparison because notice your new birth comes from God's living word. So notice what the Bible's being compared to. That's the gospel. And that's where our new birth came from. And, And it's so important. Just think a life conceived by God himself. So one of the reasons I I took this segment is just to look every one of you in the eyes and say to you, if you've accepted Jesus, you are not of this world. Your spirit man has been reborn. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You are holy and blameless and without fault before God. You are a child of God. We're not part of the Godhead, but we're one of God's kids. And that's absolutely amazing. Now, it goes on to say this, guys. Verse 24 and 25, that's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wild flowers. Grass dries up, flowers wilt. God's word goes on and on forever. It's eternal. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. And what's God saying? The real you is eternal. You have been born of God. You are spectacular. You can't see it but you are, and we read the Bible to find out about it. Here's the second point. God's word grows us, and man, we need to grow. Uh, Your spirit needs food, and the Bible talks about the the word of God being bread, milk, meat, water. It sustains us, right? And I got to thinking about this, and I was thinking about how many Christians don't eat enough 
spiritual food, right? Uh, how do you eat spiritual food? You read your Bibles, right? Uh, I encourage everyone to get on a, a daily Bible reading program. But you, you know something else you can do? And this is so powerful. Uh, if you're struggling in any area of your life, do a Google search and just say scriptures about this area or that area or scriptures to overcome this. And a bunch of scriptures will come up. And then what if you wrote it down or printed it out or you had it electronically? What if every morning when you woke up, you read one scripture for a week or two? You just read it in the morning. And then as you go through your day, halfway through the day, you read it again a couple times. Then somewhere at lunch, you're going to eat your lunch. But if you're not with somebody, take it out and read it another couple times. And then you read it, you know, before you go to bed. Guys, that's, the Bible calls that meditating. And it's like chewing your natural food and it goes deep inside you. What if you did that? It would grow you. But what if we're not feeding on the word of God? What if we're only eating once a week? What if we're not reading the scriptures? I had a thought come to me because I was just thinking, you know, pastoring for 39 plus years, you teach these subjects over and over. And I'm always asking God, can you make it more interesting? Can I say something different about it? And so I had this thought come to me and, and, uh, it had to do with malnourished people, malnourished children. And we all know how they look. And I want you to take a look. This picture is not exciting to look at, but take a look at this picture. This is a starving child. And guys, your spirit cannot die. It's eternal. But it can look malnourished like this child. And I don't want anybody to have a spirit that looks like this child. You can take it down if you haven't already. I just, I want you to to see it. I want it to have an incredible impact in our lives. And I don't want to see any of us look like that on the inside, but we can't see it. But the Bible talks about it's our food. Listen to Matthew 4, 4. But he answered Jesus and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. That's any type of food you want it to be. But on every word that comes out of the mouth of God, God's word is spiritual food and it grows us. God's word changes our world, but we have to put it in us to grow us, right? First Peter 2.1 says it this way, therefore rid yourself of all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Listen to verse two. This is what I'm after. And like newborn babies, you don't have to be a, a spiritual baby, and these people weren't. God's saying we should have the appetite of a newborn baby. That's all he's saying. Like a newborn baby, long for the pure milk of the word of God so that by it you may grow in your respect to salvation. And I remember a time as a young Christian where I had to be honest, and I said to God, you know what? I don't have this insatiable hunger for the Bible. I like it, but I don't really have this great hunger. And I began to pray and ask God to give me a hunger for it, and he'll do that. So I don't typically do this in a message, but if you want more of a hunger for the Scriptures, if you sincerely want it, and Boardman here in Warren, guys at TCI online, can we— Can we pray? Would you agree with me in this prayer? Just pray this along with me. Father, here's our heart's prayer. Uh, Give us the greatest hunger we ever had for the word of God. Father, allow us to hunger for it like a newborn baby. And we ask you to put that into all of our lives, Lord, and we thank you for it. And if you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? doesn't mean we don't love Jesus. It just means this world's a distraction, right? But um, I got to thinking about this. And and what it says here, and uh, I thought about a newborn baby, right? And so um, I thought about my grandchildren. And uh, my oldest grandchild's Joey the third. He's 13 now. But I remember the first time I fed him. And I seem to remember it more than even my kids. But 
And, and, it, and it's the same for all my grandchildren, Riley. It's the same for Ophelia. It's the same for Remy and Rosie. But the first time I, I fed the bottle, I was shocked. You know why? He was gulping that down like there was no tomorrow, and it was making a noise. And, and I just remember saying, Joey, I'm not going to move the bottle, man. You're safe. It's, you, you Take your time. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. And, and every baby I, I know, all five of my grandkids, my kids, they wolfed it down. It's like they couldn't get enough of it. And God's saying, that's the appetite I'd like for you to have. So that's why we prayed that prayer. And I, I texted my daughters when I was putting this together, and I said, hey, tell me how often babies eat and the different ages. And then I and then I Googled it, and I came up with this. Newborns eat every two to three hours, and two months old every three to four hours, and six months old every four to five hours. And all the mommies say amen. You guys all agree with that. They, they eat a lot, right? And so we can't read our scriptures every two to three hours, but we can do the meditation, right? That's why I talked to you about that meditation. And God says, just develop a hunger for it. Why? Guys, it grows us, and we want to be spiritually strong. But you know what else it does? Listen to this third one. It's pretty amazing. God's word frees us. It literally sets us free in every area of our life. And I want to say that's a process. That does not happen overnight, but it sets us free. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Don't be conformed to this world. That word conform means don't let this world press you into its mold, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we renew our mind as we read scriptures, we meditate on scriptures, our minds are renewed. And that word transform comes from the Greek word metamorphi. And you know already, we derive our English word metamorphosis from it. And just think tadpole to frog, caterpillar to butterfly. And uh, guys, don't they look totally different? God's saying, I want to put you into a metamorphosis. I don't know what a tadpole looks like, a deformed fish or something, but it turns into a frog, right? And when we were kids, we used to go to these ponds in our woods and we'd grab a bunch of tadpoles and we'd, we'd feed them because we wanted to watch them change, right? And we would do that with caterpillars. We'd find their cocoons and we'd look every day to see if they're going to break out. And it's amazing. Just think of how much they change. And God says, I can free you in every area of your life and I can change you that much. But let's make sure we have some hope. You guys ready? It doesn't happen overnight. There's still some areas in my life where I'm wanting God to change me, but I don't give up. I keep just feeding on the word of God because that's what it does, right? And Jesus said it this way, John 3.31. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples. Or if you want to be a disciple, here's what you're going to have to do. This is what true disciples do. If you remain faithful to my teaching, and I'll stop there. I'll read verse 32 in a moment. But what does it mean to remain faithful? What does it mean to be a disciple? It's the most beautiful thing in the world. I think we need to do it in groups. I think we need people to help us. We're, we're figuring out a really cool way to do that beginning in 2023. I'm really excited about it because as a pastor, again, I, I get so excited watching us grow. But what does it mean? to be faithful to his teaching. It just simply means we look into the Bible, we find out what it says, and then we say, God, how can I put this into practice in my life? That's, that's how simple it is. We just take a little thing he said and say, God, I'm, I wanna put that into practice in my life. And then here's what Jesus said. Here's the result of that. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I love it though. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we know as we read on, uh, 
the people said to Jesus, uh, well, we're not enslaved to anybody. He said, no, I'm talking about sin. He says, I'm talking about you being set free from anything this world has a hold on you with. And notice what he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the truth doesn't set us free. It's the truth that we know or we understand. And guys, that's the process. And I can look back at my life and I think of all the things I struggled with at one time. Now I don't struggle with them anymore, but it was a process. And you know what I did? I didn't really do a lot. I just kept feeding on the word of God and God did the work inside of us. So if anybody's listening to me that's discouraged, I want you to be encouraged. What's my next step? Man, just start feeding on the word of God more than you've ever done it. And God will get inside you. God will make some changes. And I want to close with one more thought. This next thought will be a whole lesson, but I I like it. It goes like this. God's word weaponizes us. Do you know the word of God will turn you into a weapon? And listen to this, Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the Bible coming out of your mouth. It can come out of your mouth like a sword. Isn't that amazing? And then it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so your prayers can become a weapon because you pray and God answers. But guess what? Your words can become a weapon. You can put the enemy on the run. That's pretty cool, right? You can use your words as a good weapon that literally changes people's lives. It's the most powerful thing in the world. And when you and I begin to speak it out of us, Everything around us changes. God's word changes our world. And there's a scripture. I've read it when I was a young Christian. I'm like, God, I don't understand this scripture, but now I do. We'll talk more about it, but I want to read it in in a lesson coming up, John 15, 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that means you keep believing and then you just fill yourself up with the word of God. Listen to this. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. I'm like, I remember as a young Christian saying, Jesus, I have so many prayer failures. I can't even remember them all, right? I'm just giving up on how many prayers I pray that don't get answered. And and here's what I learned. The more you put the Bible in you, the more you'll begin to pray the Bible. You'll begin to pray the word of God. And the more you pray the word of God, the more results you and I will see. And it becomes a weapon in our life too. So I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this truth. God's word changes our world. And we didn't do it yet, but over in Borman, here in Warren, guys in the chat rooms online, guys at TCI Correctional Facility, I want to ask a question. Are you excited about the Word of God and what it's done in you, what it's doing in you, and what it can do in you? If so, can we just give it up and say, thank you, Jesus? Let's be excited about it. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Open up our eyes to this incredible truth. Lord, we prayed this earlier, but man, give us a hunger for the word of God. Show us where we can put it in our lives. Remind us, Lord, to get that one scripture once a week, twice a week, the same scripture, and just begin to meditate on it. Thank you for that, Lord God. Lord, thank you for what you have done inside of us. Thank you for how you have grown us spiritually. And Lord, we just ask you, open up our eyes so we can know truth and have that truth set us free. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can you and I just stay in an attitude of prayer? You know, if you're listening and you're not sure of your forever, I don't have to say much. We we talked about it in the lesson, right? And Jesus gave us life so you can live. He's alive. Whoever calls on his name, he will save them. 
So right now, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. Uh, I'm not asking you uh, if you came in here believing in God or not. Here's what I'm asking. Do you believe the good news? Jesus died so you can live. God raised him from the grave. If you call on his name, he'll save you. Maybe it's your turn to be like that biker today. And as you're listening, if you say, yeah, Pastor Joe, that's me, I'd like you to pray with me right now. Can the rest of us help them in Borman here in Warren? Online, stick with us because people online are praying right now too, guys at TCI. But guys, let's help them pray. If you're praying this for the first time, simply meet it. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained in need of Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God who died for the sins of the entire world. I accept you as my savior. And I make a decision this day to follow you. And Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to feed on the word of Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.